Kenny! Come on, Kenny. <laughs> it's a clap sing. Hey, no one prepped Not me for a clap that. sequence. What's up? Welcome to the Hear This Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. We have another special guest, the one and only Mr. M, also known as Kenny Wade. That's Hello, actually Mr. M. Mr. M. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for tuning in. We're excited uh, to dive in in just a little bit, but we wanted to check in, see how everyone's doing. Um, Tyson's really tired today. He hasn't stopped yawning. I have not stopped. It's because I'm working on my, uh, well, it's a sequel <laughs> to Hamilton. Uh, it's a, Let's it's hear a, it. It's a freestyle rap. Okay. It's a, well, it starts out, of course. What's it called? Uh, it's called John Adams' son, Samuel Adams. Okay, let's yeah. hear it. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yes. Any, when I say Boston, you say massacre. Boston. No. Boston. <laughs> <laughs> no. Come on, I need you to set this up for me, Kenny. Massacre. Let me set the scene in 1770. Boston, Massachusetts, and British are making enemies because Parliament just signed off on the towns and acts. They passed a tax on paper, tea, lead, and glass. Bostonians are clicking up because they're mad. Adam, sons of liberty, led by Sam Adams. They asked the local merchants there to sign a pact to boycott British goods in response to the tax. Uh, so that's just a little foretaste for you guys. Wow. Less yeah. applause than I was expecting. I uh, I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> I will, okay. Hey, you know what? Tony's going to be really jealous. Full disclosure, I wrote that as a for a history presentation in the 12th grade uh my, i'm impressed you still remember <laughs> it well it's oh, because i were, have to you weren't just free-flowing freestyling right now oh no, no i totally was at all. <laughs> strike it from the record i uh, thank you thank you very much my i was in a group for presentation and he was like you can present in any media you want and i was like guys how about a rap and they were like no so <laughs> I did it, and then they did a play in the in-between parts where so they did not. it was like Hamilton. It was, but degree. they did not say a single word. Ah. So I did a rap, and then they just, like, moved around and, like, threw paper at each other, and then that was it. And then I closed with a rap, and then that was our whole thing. So, kidding. what yeah. have you been doing this summer? Is it summer? Besides thriving in quarantine. Mm. Yeah, I feel, mm. yeah. It's we don't not... survive. We thrive. I, I'm really just, keep, I keep asking myself, is it really July? And it just, if it feels like this break where you weren't doing, well, at least for me, weren't doing normal work things mm. and it happened around spring break. So it just feels like spring break's been really long, but the weather kind of just got weird and changed, which is normal for Idaho anyway. <laughs> so maybe it's just all normal. I don't know. I mean, the thing that changed is that, uh, the kids are home, mm. which they have been. So mm -hmm. I guess that didn't really change either. Uh, Kenny, I've been a little bit of jealous, a little bit jealous of, uh, your training. You're a, really? a, a big Spartan guy. Tell us the, the prize that you won this summer. Private training. Did I, oh, yeah. I did, I did let, win something, let, didn't let I? Me, I'm like, let me, let me, yeah. won anything in Spartan. Um, yeah. So the Running Public Podcast, the Running Public Podcast. Uh, two professional athletes. They're both obstacle course racing athletes, Bracken Crocker and Kirk DeWitt. Um, I listened to their podcast, and uh, they uh, – offered a, a drawing if you give us a review it can be good or bad give us a review and we will we will um for the next four weeks we will draw a name 
and that person will win uh, professional coaching from one of us, and you can choose which one of us you want to, to coach you. And um, the first week, I won. They drew yeah. my name. And, You're a winner. And, like, Dang as – I mean, you can listen to the podcast that, from that week – and as as uh, Bracken was talking about it, he's like, Kurt, you're not going to believe this. But as we said that, this guy that won this, he he just messaged me on Instagram. And he's like, <laughs> he, he holds up his phone and he's, you know, it's all audio. And he's like, yep, no, he did really mess. And I just sent I just sent Bracken a question about something else because I'm always bugging him. <laughs> but. So what was the what was your biggest takeaway from the the training with Bracken? Man, that's a good question. Um, so he gave me a bonus week because I I just come out of, of doing like a like a virtual race weekend, mm -hmm. and so he kind of gave me a rest week, and then um, he kind of set me up in these these different these different running uh, intervals and workouts. I just I've never done that. Mm -hmm. I've never been on a running team or anything like that. Um, but I, I I think it's probably that I'm we're more capable of of uh, volume than we think that we are like we, you can always there's another level you can always find another level yeah if you set that goal out there and keep working towards it you can you can reach it mm -hmm. with with those uh, with physical goals within within reason totally um but i i think it's just that i was capable of a volume that i hadn't done before like i'd run more miles than anybody prescribed during the week but he set up like one of the the, uh, the first tuesday that i did his program he had me go out and do um, 24 400s, 400 meters, four, with 45 four. seconds rest in between. That's a lot of running. That's and, six miles. And I, I couldn't get to a track because there's a lot of middle school and high school. High schools won't let you on a lot of times, but the middle schools, they're, they're practicing, and it's weird for a dad to be out there whose kids <laughs> don't go to the school anymore, sure, sure. but knows the coach and, like, you know. And to be on the track. So I went and found this straightaway out by uh, CWI, College of Western Idaho, out by my, my house in Nampa. And I was like, I got miles and kilometer distances kind of mm. confused. And I was running um, 0.4, thinking it was 0.4 of a mile. And oh, so I was no. getting, yeah. And so what I ended up doing was 24, 250 meters. And I feel great. I had great times. <laughs> I was I was feeling really good. You're I was like, I am cooking world. through this. I feel like my mileage is a little bit off. I probably mm. should have been at six miles, six and a half, not at five. But wow, we cruised through this. <laughs> and then I realized what I did and felt like a big fat dork. <laughs> but then the next week I, I got it right. That's awesome. So I don't know, just, just kind of learning some new ways to train and, and train volume. And then to give your body rest, like yeah. you really need more rest than you think that you do when, when you train like that. And then I wasn't as sore as I thought I was going to be. I was mm. like, shouldn't I be sore? Like, I felt like I was working really hard yesterday. Why am I not sore? And it's like, well, it's the type of workout. And so now I'm kind of taking what he's done and I'm adapting it and add some of the things that I, I enjoy. I have a heel issue. Um, and so instead of doing compromised running where you like run for half a mile and then you do like some burpees or different acts, you know, lunges or whatever, um, I'll do like half a mile on a bike. Uh, and then I saw you yawn. No, you and didn't. And then I saw you yawn. I don't think Your so. eyes are watering. Probably Unless not. you're finding this emotionally inspiring. It's just so touch. Oh, thank you. Um, <laughs> so I'm doing some compromised biking, and then I do a little bit of run. I'm just trying some different things with my workouts that, that combine some things. So you're training the way that you will race instead of doing cardio one day and then lifting one day. You do mm. all those things together in, in obstacle course racing. So put them together when you practice them don't practice them apart from each other. Okay. But it's okay to specialize on something every once in a while. So that's cool. So Kimmy yeah. is 
a Spartan guru. How many races have you done? <laughs> Five or six? <laughs> True. Uh, like like pre-COVID? Together. I, t I talk about it a lot, and so people think I've done a lot of races. Yeah. I've done three Spartan races. I've done two sprints and a super. Yeah. But then I've done... I've done th I've done two virtual trifectas since quarantine, since COVID. Okay, so that's so a nine total. A five k, a ten k, and um, uh, uh, twenty one, a twenty one k. That's a lot. Well, and one a, of those a trifecta tri means three, so that's I mean he did two times three, which uh, is really six more. So that's a lot. That's that's nine impressive. total. We should move on because I'm just getting warmed up. <laughs> so Kenny, what what got you into running, Spartan racing? Some I hate of those running. Things. I absolutely hate running, but I learned that I could get to the obstacles quicker if I ran. <laughs> <laughs> it takes more time if you walk. So you know what? It, it was it was um, being in my late 30s, almost 40. Identity crisis. I'm and, just kidding. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably, probably is. Um, it's the healthiest midlife crisis I've ever seen. Yeah, <laughs> man. Doesn't drive like a Corvette, but I feel great. <laughs> um, yeah, I, it was needing a goal, mm. needing something that that would um, in like inspire me, something out in front of me uh, for physical health and well being. Because I know when I'm taking care of myself physically, and I'm 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 not I'm learning the difference between working out and training. So I have a goal that I'm training for it, or am I just working out because yeah. when I eat ice cream, I get fat, and if I work out, then I can eat more ice cream. Almost counteract it, and I can eat ice cream, and 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 not feel better or look better. <laughs> it's the goal that I'm going ice cream. to. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so I was, I, I was, I was I was, I, I was counter medicating exercise with dessert. <laughs> <laughs> with without with uh, no moderation on the dessert and a lot of moderation on the exercise. <laughs> so having a physical, having a goal, something that that interests me that I can strive for. I think people, there's some people that do this with hunting. Yeah. There's some people that do this with with running. Um, there's ways to work it in, into our lives, but um, it's it's for. I, I don't always want to work out. I don't always want to run, and I'm not a I'm not a natural athlete. Um, but I found something that I can be passionate about. It's a co uh, community of people um, that, that I'm that I'm learning um, in in the Boise area that are kind of like a family. And mm -hmm. then when you go to these races that are in the Northwest, then you meet a lot more people. Yeah. So I'm slowly infiltrating Spartan. As it's like a, church camp. As a as a missioner. Uh, yeah, it's exactly <laughs> like church camp. <laughs> exactly like church camp, minus back rubs at the altar. <laughs> yeah it's something something that i've always appreciated about you kenny is the the clear attention to holistic health mind body soul mm -hmm. and um i think that's one area that you've always challenged me in is just like we're human beings you know and we need to make sure that we care for our bodies holistically um and that's something we talk a lot about on this podcast and i know that um, Tyson's actually going to be sharing a little bit more about it in the next couple of weeks on Wednesday nights at, at youth group, just the idea of rhythms and, and, and holistic care. And so sh thank you for sharing a little bit about, um, that story and, and how it's challenging you, you know, and I've known you for 10 years now, give or take, man, something like that. Probably. Yeah. And 
something that um, I've I've always looked up to you as well, and is this idea of calling. Um, when you think of calling, um, what do you think of? Wow. Okay, I think about calling uh, different hmm. now than than probably five years ago. Yeah. Um, definitely definitely 10 years ago and definitely from when I was a, from when I was a teenager it's really hard to look at both of you guys I feel like here I'll move this way I for you it, you know I feel like I, my friend Tyson I want to be able to you know. <laughs> is this better wait there it's, it's okay okay got a chameleon eye I feel like I'm on I feel I feel like <laughs> I'm, I've gone before Congress yeah. for something <laughs> that's right you have um so I think, um, you know, Zach, you and I were talking over lunch and, and, and that everyone's called. I totally believe that everyone's called. I, th I think as if we believe that God has created us and he's created us in his image. I saw you yawn, Tyson. I don't think um, so. That's fine. It's go to sleep. I'd, <laughs> well, I'll take a nap. Um, let me ask you some philosophical questions because you right. seem to be engaged by Let's those on the podcast. <laughs> it's really good. I enjoy it, especially the banter with Tony. Um we're all called to love God with all we are. If we're made in his image, if we're the beloved of God, if we're seeking to follow um, after Christ, mm -hmm. be remade in his image, we're all called to love God with all we are and our neighbors ourself. And that's holistic. Mm -hmm. And that's not just God. And that's not just other people. And that's not just ourselves. And probably the emphasis kind of shifts around, but it's very dynamic um, in that all of those things are necessary for us to be in the process of being recreated into the image of God on a daily ongoing uh, way. We're not trying to get back someplace. We're going forward to where God's drawing us in his kingdom and, and in the new creation. Mm -hmm. um, so I think we're all called. Every single human being is called to love God with all they are and their neighbors their self. After that, there's a lot of options. There's a lot of things going on in time and history and place and in life and interests and passions and age and culture and just all the variables. So uh, I, did, I had no idea what I was going to do after I graduated from high school, really. I mean, I, maybe I had some ideas, but I don't remember thinking about it a lot. But um, when I was challenged to give God the option of where I was going to go to college, because I was going to go to a Nazarene school, I knew that. <laughs> I just wanted to um, for all the wrong reasons, girls. Um, <laughs> because at church camp, it's like the girls liked me, and at school I was non-existent, like in, in, at, at public school. Like I was nothing, like I just, I had some friends and stuff, but it's like, how come I go to church camp and it's like, I feel cool, but I go to school and I feel lame. <laughs> and I don't know if other people feel that way, but that's just kind of how I felt. And I think some of that was maybe also, I don't know, maybe an unhealthy way of thinking about what it means to be a Christian in the world and that the world's against us and, and just kind of figuring out my own identity. And, and, and I mean, still in the process of doing that at, at 43 um, but as a, as a teenager, not um, not really thinking a lot about what God wants me to do with my life, but knowing that I wanted to go to a Nazarene school and probably had time to figure it out. So um, when I gave God the choice of where I was going to go to school, somebody challenged me to do that, and I hadn't done that. Um, it was so crystal clear to me that God was calling me into youth ministry, mm -hmm. that God was calling me to be a youth pastor. Wow. And I thought I would be a youth pastor for the rest of my life and be grandpa Kenny youth pastor, which I don't know. Maybe I still will be. We'll see. Not a grandpa yet. Still got some time. 
Um, and uh, went to Northwest Nazarene. Um, and then really uh, dug into what it meant to be, I don't know, in, in ministry, but it wasn't until I was mentored. It wasn't until I was uh, an intern and at College Church and worked with Mike Kipp. I went there to be mentored, and then the youth pastor left. And when I was upset about that, and I started praying, like, I just need a mentor, Lord. Who are you going to bring? And and the Lord brought Kip. Mike Kip is an answer to prayer. That should be a scary thing for a lot of people. <laughs> that should be a T-shirt, I feel like. I know. I, I think it should. I think we should make it. We should, make it. we should make it. Um, and then probably just to kind of f uh, fast forward through things here a little bit, um, probably at a certain point I would say that God called me to Baker City to be the youth pastor there. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think about it that way anymore. Mm -hmm. And that God called me to to be the youth pastor at Boise First. Mm -hmm. This is a different church. I don't know if some of you have heard of it before. <laughs> uh, used to be in the area. Um, but I don't think about it that way anymore. God called me to youth ministry and led me to Baker. Mm -hmm. God called me into youth ministry and led me to Boise. Mm -hmm. um, Alan Franks called me from Baker. He called me. Yeah. <laughs> but as I talked with him and we discerned and we went and we interviewed and everything, it was pretty clear that the Lord was leading me within my calling mm. to be the youth pastor in this place. Yeah. Um, same thing kind of happened with, with Boise. I wasn't looking to leave anywhere. And um, Daryl Wiseman called me. <laughs> but through that process, I, my wife and I, Deborah and I felt the Lord leading us to consider this. And then, and then God's leading into this. Um, but God called us to Australia hmm. and man, that still like hits me. It, it ambushes me when I talk about it. It's still, it's so weird hmm. sitting out there, you know, in the, in the auditorium on a Sunday morning in 2010. I've known you longer because I, I knew you in 2010. I think, uh, yeah, I think we're on like 13 years. Yeah, at least, yeah. at least. Um, but that was a calling from God, that God mm. was calling us to Australia. And that took two years mm. um, for that journey to kind of manifest to where we would actually sell everything and move. Um, God didn't call us back. God called us to Australia and then led us in the process of going there, but he called us. Mm -hmm. That was outside of my calling of youth ministry. Yeah. But I was called as a youth pastor, and then God called us to be missionaries in Australia, but he's using these gifts that he's called me in youth ministry and working with young adults and interns in Australia, now mm -hmm. in this college campus and, and, and working in missions. And um, God didn't call us back from Australia to the Boise area. That was a very, very difficult discernment. Mm that that deborah and i had to walk through because he called us to australia but then coming back was something more that he did in us as a couple that we needed to synchronize and and just trust that god was leading us even though it wasn't super clear um to the people around us that that was that was not the obvious why would you leave yeah. why would you go um we uh we tried to explain that and trusted the story with the people that we could um, more in depth, but, um, I've never regretted that decision. Mm -hmm. That was the right thing. We were the only ones responsible for being obedient to what Jesus was asking us to do, was leading us to do. Mm -hmm. So now, uh, I, I mean, I'm trying to explain what calling is more from story and from my experience than just defining a word. Totally. Um, and also kind of illustrate that I, I think that 
there are differences between calling and leading. Mm-hmm. I think God calls us to certain things that he wants us to do, and we need to be obedient to that. Yeah. But sometimes we confuse calling and leading. And God calls us to a life posture to live in a certain way, to love him with all that we are and our neighbors ourselves. But not everybody experiences a calling in some way, yeah. whether it's deep within or their head or their heart or a voice or a sign or experience or whatever. And they're like, I know that God's called me to do this. I I, I try not to overanalyze it, but when I hear people talk about, I heard God's voice, yeah. I think it's really confusing for some people. And they don't, they, don't, they don't articulate it. They don't vocalize it. But they're like, how come I don't hear God's voice? Yeah. But when I say that, I, don't, I didn't really hear God's voice. I've just learned how God kind of communicates and nudges me and leads me in things. And then we kind of take that and ball it up into God called me to do this. And we throw it out there. And other people go, I can't catch that ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, know, I don't know how to play that game. Yeah. Totally. Like, how, how come you know how to play that game and I don't know how to play that game? Yeah. Well, so I think that, that we can trust Jesus to lead us mm-hmm. in the different circumstances of life and that he's called us to love God with all we are and our, our, our neighbor as ourself. Um, God didn't call me to be the youth and mission director. Mm-hmm. He, he, he called me to be a youth pastor and he called me into missions. And those two things were needed at a certain time and place and conversations lined up. Um, through relationships and networking and God's leading to where they offered me a position that nobody else knew about or was interviewing for. And all of a sudden I did that for four and a half years. Hmm. Um, God didn't call me to be the church suite manager at Because International for a year or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that just, that's a conversation I thought was probably like not going to happen and other things were going to develop. And I went and had that conversation and that's what I ended up doing. That's what ended up providing for my family for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody knew that they didn't know that they were going to have to let me go. I didn't know that they were going to have to let me go. COVID didn't know that they were going to have to let me go. I don't think God called anybody to let me go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that, that happened. So now I'm in this place in life where God's called me to a few different things. Um, I kind of know some of the things that I really enjoy um, doing or that I'm good at. Um, and that it, and there is nothing that we do in life, whatever type of job or calling or vocation, voice and calling kind of combined, um, that it's all roses and every part of it we just love. Mm-hmm. Anything we do, there's going to be parts that aren't great. Just because you're called to something doesn't mean it's all it's all shiny and dandy and um, just chuckles and giggles all the time. So I'm actually really enjoying this space that that – has been created um, where I don't know vocationally what God wants me to do next, Mm -hmm. but I know what I can do to help provide for my family right now. And Deborah and I can do that together as a team, um, doing different things, doing gig economy things. Um, Instacart, not a sponsor. Thank you, Deborah. (laughs) Grubhub, not a sponsor. That's my gig. Um, And then have some other conversations and see what things develop. So, um, I, I'm called in, I'm called to be a pastor and I'm called to the church. And I know that I do not have to receive a paycheck from the church or from a church organization or from a Christian organization in order to know that I'm called to be a pastor. Mm-hmm. But also who I am is not, uh, ultimately defined by what I do. Yeah. So I'm a child of God and I'm called to love him with all I am and, and, and love my neighbors myself. Uh, whether or not it looks like I'm doing pastory things. Yeah. Because the callings on our life, I believe, sometimes line up with our paychecks. 
but yeah. often um, that vocation is meant to be lived out no matter how we earn a living. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's for the church and for the people that God has put us in community with. I think it's super crazy the language that we have uh, in our like day and age and context surrounding jobs that people like when you say your job you say I am a pastor not like oh I work as a pastor and it's like oh what do you do like what are you like that's it's like such a like ontological piece of our being that we're just like oh no this is uh this is my identity it's like eight hours a day I spend doing this and it's like it's uh i think that's a refreshing perspective to be able to say like yeah like this is where the money comes from but this isn't who i am right mm-hmm. tyson you're the you're the first person that i've i've ever heard float that perspective out um and i wasn't and i wasn't the person that was that was sharing it because <laughs> i've said that to different people at different places in life and it's not it's I, it's not an original thought to to me probably original thought to you. Um, <laughs> but I think there's different things that influence us. And then we come up with that stuff because we've heard things like this. I'm not a human doing, I'm a human being. I love that right? phrase. Yeah. Um, that, that, um, th- this is the way that I've said it. Um, you get on an airplane and you sit down next to somebody and, and you start talking and they go, Oh, well, what do you do? Yeah. And I respond with an, I am statement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever that's going to be. Yeah. I'm a salesman, you know, I'm a banker. I'm a CEO, you know, I'm a plumber, whatever. Then you say, I'm a pastor and they're like, okay, I'm going to bed. Well, yeah. <laughs> some Goodbye. of my, some of my favorite ones on airplanes, people, people have done, I've read this in a couple different books, different ways, but they're like, you know, when someone, I get on a plane and somebody asks me, well, what do you do? You say, I am a uh, independent contractor for a global network of uh, <laughs> franchises that seek to help humanity flourish in every way it can holistically so that the world will be a better place and everyone will be loved. And my boss is a Jewish carpenter. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and they look at you like, whoa, what are you, who, who, who do you work for? Jesus. You know? And then they go to sleep. Yeah. And then they're like, uh, I gotta go to the bathroom. Yeah. Nice sales pitch. And they don't come I'm back. They don't come yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the, the plane is an interesting, I haven't been on a plane for quite a few months actually since November. No, I was on a plane right before COVID hit. Actually, March 5th. I f- oh, wow. The 9th, I flew back through Seattle from Indianapolis. No way. Yeah, I probably brought it to this area, and I just didn't know it. It's all your fault. I was a silent partner. Uh, um, he works for a global network of disease-ridden <laughs> bats. Yeah. <laughs> whole bat thing. Um, you know, I really try not to tell people I'm a pastor or I'm a Christian on a plane. I try... I. I it's it, it, it's an agreement that I have with God that probably I made up and doesn't have anything to do with God, but it's my agreement with him um, that if someone wants to talk, if someone, if this is going to be a conversation that's going to center on Jesus, in my mind, it's already there. God's already working in that person. I want God to work in, in me, and I don't want to get in the way of what he's doing in this person, so I'm not going to project on them. So if we're going to talk about Jesus, if we're going to talk about the church, if we're going to talk about things that are that are overtly Christian, then God's going to have to bring that up in that person through the natural course of conversation. And I'm not going to try to make it happen. That's not for everybody, but that's my agreement with, with God on a plane or a bus or a situation. Um, because I want to, I want to, I want to overcorrect on trusting that God is already working in that person Mm. and not assume that I somehow need to inject Jesus into them, whether they like it or not. Yeah, Yeah. totally. 
So, Kenny, you're a youth pastor for how many years? I'm still a youth pastor. You back. still are. I just I raise them in my house now. <laughs> That's uh, true. Braden Parker and 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 also a young adult pastor. Actually, I'm not really Emily's pastor, but I'm her dad. <laughs> yeah. So, so I mean, youth ministry from I really started volunteering in youth ministry when I was a freshman in college in '95. You know, I worked at College Church. Tyson uh, was just born. What year Four years later. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, I started, you know, I started interning at College Church as part time in '98. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so you have a long experience with young people, you know, and um, I would I would consider you an expert in the field. What it? What how would it, you How would you define that? How would you define an expert in the youth ministry field of young people? Lots of practical experience. Like good. just have been good, good, good at games, <laughs> good at games. I really am horrible <laughs> at games. I was thinking of another word, <laughs> but like what advice do you have for young people um, regarding this idea of calling? Like how, how can we apply it to one's life? And um, well, I agree with you, Zach. God's already called you. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're going to bother to ask God what you want to, him to do with your life if you're going to dare to ask that question and in some way in asking that question that god responds Mm -hmm. in some way to you whether it's through your passions through your interests through um uh something that's out you just out of left field and you didn't even say come and you're like maybe that's what god wants me to do with my life chase after it Mm -hmm. pursue it um my my college chaplain um, Gene Shandorf. 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 Um, <laughs> he, he said, and he, every time I tell him that I quote him on this, he tells me he's quoting someone else and I always forget who that person is. So I said, just say it's Gene. <laughs> that, um, that only probably, and these statistics are made up, only 10% of people are called into ministry. Mm-hmm. Are called into vocational like church ministry. Um, because it's the only way that they were going to figure out what they were supposed to do with their lives. <laughs> and God just trusts the other 90% <laughs> with the things that, that they're excited about and passionate about and the things that they're drawn towards and that they should pursue those with gusto and with passion. Yeah. And, and, and God loves you and God trusts you. So enjoy. That's awesome. And so there's some tongue in cheek in that, but I think that there's a lot of validity too of, um, I can be and do whatever God wants me to do. Mm -hmm. You know what? God's going to let me do and be whatever I want to do and be. Mm. Um, He's not going to get in the way of that. But if I believe that I'm created by God, then I have a creator and I'm a creation. And so my prayer, particularly in, in these days where kind of untethered from, um, from a job with a steady paycheck that ties directly back to my calling, mm-hmm. um, but seeking to live that out just in, in the fabric of life. And I've been trying to do that for a lot of years. And really my last job with because I wasn't a pastor in that role. My vocation wasn't tied to that. I didn't need to be that, but I brought a lot to that. They wanted me there because of that experience in that role and then to work with, with churches and, and everything. Um, totally lost my train of thought. That's how deep we are right now. It's getting dark. <laughs> I think uh, I think you said something that's really valuable 
uh, to young people, which is that we talk about God's calling as if like everybody should have this experience where he blinds you on the road to Tarsus and you're like, oh, what's up, Lord? Um, but sometimes it's just what you're passionate about and your interests and your your abilities. Mm-hmm. And that's how God is is communicating with us uh, the things that our life is, is going to go in the direction of. And you also s- mentioned that like it's not like there's one path. Mm-hmm. It's not like this is what you are meant to do for everybody. Yeah. There are some situations like that. And I think is that what you would describe as a calling is like the one thing I I would say I mean if we're going to use kind of those words there which I think are great words I don't have better ones um, but the language you're using kind of going off what you're saying Tyson I'm trying to continue the thought mm-hmm. and I also remember what I was going to say so we'll come back to that okay great second. great yeah um, thank you of course. I, I, I know what you were doing there and I really appreciate it's it it's called treading water I know thank you <laughs> um, if you know that God wants you to do something mm-hmm. and don't do it that's that's devastating. It was disobedience, but it's like, yeah. it's painful. It's a painful place to be. I mean, there's people that go their whole lives and I'm not just, I'm not talking about regret. Like I really wish I'd tried to be in a band and I wasn't, I'm talking about like, <laughs> but, may, but maybe that's it. I do. I'm, t- I'm talking about like, <laughs> I, y- there's been these moments in my life where I just, does God want me to go talk to that person? Is that what I'm feeling right now? Yeah. And then I, and then I experiment with that. And so I go talk to that person or I just go say, Hey, I just, I just wanted you to know you're loved by God. Mm. And how crazy that is. And like, they what is wrong with you? It doesn't matter. Yeah. If, if you wonder if that's something that you should try to do and it's not going to hurt anybody, like try it. Yeah. And then step back from that and go, was that just me or was that, just, or was that God? Mm-hmm. And, and, and try it. Like we try things on. People try all kinds of identities on these days. Why not try on discerning God's voice in our lives hmm. and just taking a risk to step out? We do. Teenagers are set up perfect to follow the will of God because they'll do anything. <laughs> they'll try anything. I mean, look at TikTok, look at YouTube, look at like all this stuff. It's like, don't eat that. You're going to kill yourself, you know, but it's like, <laughs> uh, I can't go talk to God. I can't go talk to this person about maybe God's, Hey, I just wanted to let you know that I think that God wants you to know today um, that it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's too crazy. We can't, we can't do that. You know, teenagers are set up in a perfect way to follow the will of God. And, 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 we are individually, I think Christianity is a community faith, but individually we're the only ones responsible for being obedient to what God is nudging or leading mm-hmm. or calling us to. So back to my thought that I forgot, but you helped me remember the question, the prayer question that I'm asking God in these in-between moments in this season of my life right now mm-hmm. is how do you want, how do you want to use me for your kingdom? Yeah. Big, small. Just because for me, I will, I will have, um, I will be experiencing fulfillment and, and honestly I am right now. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I will know that I'm contributing in a way that's not just about me Mm -hmm. and what I'm Mm -hmm. interested in. If I'm asking a prayer, like, how do you, how do you want me to be used for a kingdom? Now it's assuming that God really wants me to use me for his kingdom. (laughs) There's got to be room someplace. You know, you can have me do something, Lord. Yeah. Um, but that's my prayer. Lord, how do you want to use? You've invested in me. You've called me to these things. You've brought me through these experiences. There aren't any of these things. And this is my life and my journey, um, my story that I'm telling. But there aren't any of these things that I've done mm-hmm. because I didn't leave one place because I got tired of it. Yeah. And then called it a calling to someplace else. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I didn't. 
um, leave one place because I thought someplace was going to be bigger and better, and I'm com- climbing some type of corporate Christianity ladder that, if it exists, completely needs burned down. Um, <laughs> I, did, I, I haven't done that. Each yeah. step has really been in, in, in seeking for all my you know, folly and foibles mm-hmm. um, and, and, and mistakes and errors and, and sin in life. Each step of the way has been not because I wanted to do something else, but because I was seeking mm-hmm. to follow the Lord. And I don't regret that at all. Yeah. And so if a calling of life, if, I can, if we can get to the end of life and we can say, I fulfilled the calling of my life by loving God with all I am and my neighbor my, myself, no matter where I was or who I was with or what I was doing um, to make a living, um, good job. Yeah. Well done. Good and faithful servant. Yeah. If God impresses something on you that you think that you should do with your life, mm-hmm. pursue it. Yeah. Go do it. I thought I was going to be a youth pastor for all of these years, but God's had me do a lot of different stuff. And you know what? That's okay. That's good. Yeah. The mm. kingdom is wide. Yeah. The needs are various. Yeah. And harvesters, um, you know, end up in all kinds of fields and crops that yeah. need yeah. picked. I, th- I think that's our, our challenge this week for our young people, those that are, are tuning in, is is how are we being obedient to whatever God might be nudging us to do, um, whether it's just a small act of kindness, whether it's to go out of our way to pray for someone, to get our neighbor's groceries, whatever it might be, but how are we discerning God's voice and and how are we being obedient to whatever God is, is nudging us, leading us to go and do, um, whether it's vocationally or smaller acts because like you were just saying the kingdom's wide and there's space for all of us to participate in it yeah i think you know we've talked uh in previous weeks about how like one thing that we're learning from this time is that we're all so interconnected um and i think like one implication of that is that like young people your life is important Mm -hmm. like your life matters and so when it comes to things like I mean, what you're doing for this next week and what you're going to do for the rest of your life, it's uh, it's about more than, than making it by and, and surviving. God uh, can do something really meaningful and important. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, Kenny is going to end us out today. Hear this. You are loved by God. You are loved by a community of youth workers and friends at youth group and your church. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. are the beloved of God. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Have a great week.